This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast, a podcast with a worldwide listenership that explores the broad world of preservation from every angle, from drones to mudlarking and everything in between. Now, let's get preserving. One a day keeps the doctor away. Join us on this week's PreserveCast as we talk with Tom Brown, who's on the search for lost heritage apple varieties. Listen in as Tom shares his decades-long journey to rediscover heritage apples and what it takes to preserve these lost heirloom varieties. All that and more on this week's PreserveCast. This is Nick Redding, and you're listening to PreserveCast. Today, we're very excited to be joined by Tom Brown. And we're going to be talking all about the amazing work that he has done in the search for lost heritage apple varieties and preserving these unique, uh, not only the plants themselves, but the unique heritage around them. And so, Tom, we want to get to know everyone that we talk to. So uh, where did you grow up and w- when did you start getting this this passion for apples, and in particular, historic uh, heirloom apples? Well, I grew up in the Piedmont area of uh, North Carolina, Statesville, NC, near Statesville, NC. And as a child, we had uh, six McLean apple trees that we used for uh, apple sauce and to make cider, and one pound apple tree that my mother used for the apple pies. And I always loved apples. And then when uh, later when I was living in Winston-Salem with my wife, uh, I mean, near Winston-Salem with my wife, Mary Kay, we loved going to farmer's market. And we would frequently go to the big one in uh, Winston-Salem at the fairgrounds. And there was a gentleman there. He actually sold apple trees from heritage apple trees from his home. But he would come there in the late summer and early fall and sell apples. And these were heirloom apples, and they had fascinating names and tastes and appearances. And I just thought that was wonderful. And I later discovered, learned that he had found several of these himself. And I asked if, if there was any. Uh, lost apple varieties that he was interested in from my part of Forsyth County. And he mentioned one named Harper Seedling. And I started hunting for that. And that's how I got started. So you get started looking for this one. Um, how how soon did you find it? And then how soon did you realize you wanted to find more? Well, wh- wh- what I did was I wasn't having any success in finding the apples, so I approached the local newspaper, and they had a supplement that covered our section of the county. And so they ran an article about my looking for that old apple, and I got like 12 responses, but I didn't find that apple. Most of the responses were, you know, I have an old apple. I would like to find out what it is. But I later found at least five sites where the apples used to grow. And and then from there, I went to adjoining county, uh, Yadkin County. And they in like the late 1800s, there was a nursery there that sold that. And I didn't have, 
I only got two responses from a local newspaper article there. And I decided to try one more time. And my home county was Idle County, which the main city states for. And uh, the newspaper there ran an article about my looking for old apples. And uh, what happened was back then people responded more readily. That was in 1999. And uh, a lot of people responded and I followed up and found uh, a yellow pots apple, a red pots apple, a mosey apple, and a watch limber twig. And I looked some more in that county and the one to its west, Alexander County. But everybody said, we ought to go to Wilkes County. But the reason they were saying that, they still grew some apples there commercially. But what they didn't know was Wilkes County was the uh, mother load of old apples. And it was uh, half the county was only an hour drive from my home. And back then, I, I didn't have pets. And I didn't have a nursery or an apple orchard, so I could go up there three days a week looking for old apples. And that's how I really got started is when I really got into Wilkes County. So talk to someone who's not familiar with how this would work. So let's say I find an old apple. Um, I guess my confusion, and I'm sure you can explain this pretty quickly, is, all right, so I find some gnarled old apple tree um, and it, you know, it's maybe still producing a little bit. How would I take that apple and then, or how did you, how do you take that apple and then actually save that apple? So how does it get plucked from this random sort of lost orchard to where you are able to then propagate it? How difficult a process is that? How does that actually work? And, and could anyone listening actually try it, try this? Well, they just need to take cuttings off of the tree, the most recent year's growth, and graft another apple tree. And, and, and frequently, their apple grafting classes taught in different areas. And uh, and you can take them there, and they'll graft uh, a tree, help you graft a tree, and you'll have a new tree to take home. But... You, Usually, I have to know something about the tree. Uh, you know, it needs to have some outstanding qualities or be an, a, an apple tree with a name to it before I'll, you know, proceed with, with grafting another tree because there's, you know, hundreds of or thousands of old unnamed apple trees and you can't, it, well, it needs to be. Some, something with a history that tells you it's it's worth saving so it always has to be grafted because i think a lot of people listening are probably thinking well you pluck the seed and then you can grow it but do most of them not grow from the seed or would that just take a really long time well they're, they're almost always they're cross-pollinated so like a human child and they don't grow true from seed they have a a mixture of uh, genes from the original tree and then the fertilizing genes that are brought in by a bee or some other pollinator. And so you have to keep grafting them to keep them uh, alive. 
So you, you can't grow. They're, they're not like a, a bean seed. You can pick a save seeds and put them in this seed repository up in the, uh, Norway's Arctic and they'll be there 200 years. You got to just keep regrafting them ever so often. And, and apple trees are not long lived like oak trees. Now, in terms of, you know, I think one of the things, you know, I, I dabble in having like a, you know, heirloom varieties in my garden sometimes. And I think anybody who tries that, and I'm thinking, you know, things like beans and tomatoes and corn and stuff like that. Sometimes you notice that it's it's challenging in terms of getting it to grow and not be eaten by insects or sort of taken up by different modern things that they didn't have to contend with historically. Once you graft it and you've got it growing, are are the 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 fruit itself is it very susceptible to rot and insect and disease how do you make that that fruit kind of get to the point where it can be harvested is it is it all organic how do you do that well i spray as little as possible but i do have to spray for some things like uh cedar apple rust i have a lot of cedar trees and i have to spray for i'm in, in a hot humid area and i have to spray for fire blight but but it makes a difference where where you're living, like on how easy it is to grow apple trees. If it's if it's cooler and you have some wind and uh, decent soil, it's a it's a lot easier than uh, the Houston suburbs. There's some areas that it's more appropriate and easier, and you have to do you know less spraying and things to keep them going. But but you can you can have. Uh, Things at your home that, that they don't sell in grocery stores. And it, it's not, you know, necessarily the, the, the same thing, but a different name. It, it's the, uh, you can have some that are wonderful for applesauce and, and things like that that, you know, that ones in the stores would not be. So in total, since you started this project in the nineties, how many apple varieties have you found and where are they all growing right now? Well, I found uh, 1,200 apple varieties and, you you know, these were old trees growing in their old context, you know, at an old homestead and and I I don't take cuttings from other collectors. I find a a tree myself. And, uh, but, I see. But but these uh, have, uh, you know, like I said, it, it's been a, a work of love and passion <laughs> to try to find that many trees. And, and it was only made possible by the unique time when I did it because it, it, it couldn't be done now because it, so many people that knew the apple names and could help identify them that are passed away and so many of the trees have been lost. That people buy the apples at the grocery store, they don't keep regrafting them and keep the old varieties alive. So you have them all growing on your property. I'm curious, what's the what's the plan here? Do they do they get passed down to someone in the future? Is there a an organization that'll maintain these 
for centuries to come? How do we make sure that the thousand varieties you found? I, I, I don't. I, I have many hundreds, but I, I don't have like all, all twelve hundred. But but what I what I did was I as I was finding these, I generously shared them with others. Like during the time period when I was most actively finding them, I would every week I would mail. Uh, apples, actual apples to about six people who sold old apple trees, heritage apple trees, and then any that they wanted, I would give them free cuttings for grafting. So I generously shared these with others. And then north of Winston-Salem, there's a, a state historic farm, the Horn Creek Farm where they have a restored homestead, 1905 or 1904 homestead, and they have a 400 heritage apple orchard there and 105 of them are varieties that I donated. So I shared generously with others. And uh, I have one son, but he lives in Atlanta and does something differently. But uh, what I was hoping to do was that have my operation a you know good enough business that someday someone would want to take it over you know that liked apples and you know and keep it going just because it was a reasonable business and do you sell quite a few apples now like if people wanted to come and find you and be in north carolina could they come in at apple season come and buy apples from you well i just sell apple trees you sell apple trees and can people get graphs through the mail or do they have to come to your farm to get them? Because I'm sure people listening, there are some who are probably interested in this. Well, I ship apple trees. Yes. Okay. So we'll put a link in the show notes so that people can find that. And what's the best time to graft? You know, we're recording this in December of 2022. But when is the, actually the best time? Like if people are listening and they're thinking, oh, maybe I could do this in the spring. Is that an okay time to graft? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh, well, I do that in February and March. February's <laughs> oh, gotten where it's a warm month now, and uh, or warmer. And uh, th th this is the type of grafting where you take a little limb section with two or three buds on it and splice it into a, a rootstock or an apple, a limb on a tree, and you know properly tape it up and seal it and then it grows from that but there's a, there's another grafting time and that's where you take a single bud off and, and uh, put it on a rootstock and that's done like in August so there's, there's more than one grafting time but the, the people generally they have those grafting classes for the public in March all right. Well, that's that's a good reminder for us. And maybe we will make sure that people know about this and are reminded of it. You know, I know you said you were super active at one point and now you're not quite as active. I'm curious, how. what was the farthest you ever traveled to search for a, an, an apple you heard was out there? Well, it was Katie's, Kentucky, which is like uh, 500 miles away from my home. Uh, and this is the era of the social media and the internet, but 
the people that contact me on the internet is like I'm a Google resource. And to get any real help, I need to show up at their door. So uh, my search area is sort of limited to how far I can drive in a day, you know, one way, you know, typically like six hours. And are there any any varieties that you're currently searching for? Is there sort of your 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 white whale out there that you still can never find but you want? Well, I recently, or the last several years, spent a, a bunch of time trying to find a, a Peggy apple, P-E-G-G-Y, and it, it was a West Virginia apple that was associated with the uh, last Indian massacre in uh, in West Virginia. Well, it involved a renegade white guy and some, uh, several Indians and a uh, a young girl, two young girls were killed, and one of them's name was Peggy, and a, an apple tree was planted at the grave site, and I've tried to find that apple. And another West Virginia one I've looked for was the upside-down apple, and I found five sites where people have mentioned that one, but I haven't found it yet. So if anyone knows of the if anybody knows of the Peggy apple or the upside down apple from any of our West Virginia listeners, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll connect you with Tom. If, if you know where one might be. And another one I've tried to get in information on is the, uh, the famous Thomas Jefferson lost apple, the, the Tolliver, or it was also called named Robinson because it originally came from a, a field near Williamsburg, Virginia, owned by Robinson. And I've spent a lot of time just, I've actually found an, uh, an apple variety named Robinson, but there's more than one apple variety to that name. And I've tried to get additional information like who might have owned the original three, and I haven't been successful yet. Well, we will put a link in our notes for this show on how people can reach out if they want to get um, uh, an apple graft, and that, that season is coming up. It's just fascinating to talk with you and think about this. It's such an important part of preserving sort of the not only the culture, but the taste, the flavor, and the nature of early America. Um, and you've done amazing work, and we're just really proud to have had the chance to talk with you and want to thank you for joining us today, Tom. Well, thank you, and I appreciate what you're doing and your your program. Thanks for listening to PreserveCast. To dig deeper into this episode's story, head over to PreserveCast.org for show notes and our collection of previous episodes. Don't forget to engage with this podcast by subscribing, commenting, and leaving a review. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at PreserveCast for even more. PreserveCast is currently recorded in Walkersville, Maryland, and sponsored by the 1772 Foundation and powered by Preservation Maryland. Thanks for listening and keep on preserving.